So this morning is really significant. Well, this day is significant because of um, Halloween. And I don't think we should underestimate what it really means for Satanism and all that goes with it. One woman that was, her name is Doreen Iving, who was the ruling witch of Western Europe and the British Isles, was the mistress of the high priest of Satan over that same area, who's now born again, spirit-filled. Christian says, if Christian parents had any idea of what Halloween really is, they wouldn't even mention the word around their children. One of the things about Halloween was having to... Um, there's an article, I don't want to go through all of it, but the idea was that they would go and do what you would call trick-or-treat. So basically, if you wouldn't give them something for their pagan god when they come to your house, they would pronounce word curses over you. That was, you either treat them or they trick you with word curses. And so, the key thing, the difference between God and Satan not just around its power and all that goes with that. What is important and significant this morning is to understand that Satan's always going to look to your past to keep you there. God is always looking to give you a new beginning. So he's come to give you life and life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's God's intention. Satan's intention is to call up the dead, to have a day like today, announce and, and call up and open up, you know, spiritually things, and call forth the things of the past so that you can remain in bondage to him. And he wants to pass that down to your children so that you never get into a place of new life. And so this morning, I want to teach on what it is to be in the kingdom of God. We've been dealing with this a series on vision. And God's vision in the earth and how you can become valuable for his kingdom and then the systems of the kingdom. But I want to show you what the culture looks like. When you come into the kingdom of God, something happens to you. Something happens to your family like it did to me and to the millions of others across the globe. Because there's something about the kingdom and its culture that shifts the way you do life and what happens to you. And so the title of my sermon this morning is... What God has blessed. What God has blessed. The very last thing that Jesus did when he went on Ascension Day and he, he was about to arise back, in, back into heaven when, with the disciples, he blessed them. What a day that must have been. What is it about us understanding the blessing? How does it work for you? What is this culture that when people come into the kingdom of God, Something happens to them more than going to heaven. There's something that happens to them in the earth that changes the way they do life and changes the way they experience the goodness of God. What is this that we are speaking about? So Psalms 105 verse 13. So you can have children raised up in bondage. Now for us, me and my family, um, in many ways we were Christian but we were still in bondage. Meaning that we never made a commitment to Christ. So we grew up in a place of absolute bondage and poverty and generational curses were part of our home. So as my family was broke, 
so were we. And my first shift was to get out of bondage and out of poverty. And so I found out what the best job would be, and I used money as my driver. And of course, because of the greed and, and, and looking for more money, that was my search, I ended up in greater bondage and poverty. It's when I came to Christ that He broke the curse of poverty from my life. You don't chase after money, you chase after God. And so God breaks the curse. So that's what Jesus did. He broke the curse of poverty. So you can raise up children in bondage. They never know Christ. You can raise them up there. Or if somebody in your home decides, we're not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to go after God. The blood of Jesus I'm going to receive. You go out of bondage, out of Egypt. You go into a place called wilderness. In the wilderness, it's you saved out of bondage, but you're not quite in the promised land where you're fulfilling the purpose that God has got for you. Because God takes you out to take you in. And so if you're not experiencing the abundant life, you must know, and you're saved, you must know that you're in a wilderness place. And so wilderness is, is not so much about you coming out of bondage or coming out of Egypt. It's God taking Egypt out of you. So God has to renew your mind and train you up. So if you're having children in the wilderness experience that you're having with God, your children are growing up in the wilderness, and that's what they can experience. But imagine that you, have, you now understand the promised land is where we're going to. Come on, somebody. And you train up your children in the promised land. All they know is how to serve God. And they don't know bondage. They don't know poverty. They don't know sickness. They don't know depression. They're just happy people. Come on, Kingdom Life Embassy. You are happy people. Don't know religion. Only know the kingdom of God. And that's where you want your children to be. Now I'm saying to you, if you don't transition, if you don't make the move into what God has got for you, your children grow up in the same place as you. So God is concerned about you moving into what God has got for you. So they went from one nation to another. This is the people out of bondage. They're going into what God has got for them. They were switching systems. And there's a statement I put out this week, is that many people have switched kingdoms but they haven't switched systems. Meaning you're saved, but you're still living like the world. You don't know what it is to be in the kingdom of God and what God's abundance looks like. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, so God's giving them, putting them into a season of transition. Scripture says, He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones. This is not just pastors in the fivefold ministry. This was all God's people. That scripture is quoted wrong. When they say, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm, it's speaking about a God's people operating in a system. That means God sees people in his system being in this kingdom different to the rest of the world. And I want to show that to you why a curse can't fall on your home and stay. That God will hide you from every kind of demonic and satanic work of wickedness set up against you. So, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. 
So dedication is one thing in the morning that you'd have in the morning like this is beautiful. There's something else about you now taking that child and training him up on kingdom systems and saying, son, this is who you are. Daughter, this is who you are. You begin to train your children up in the way that they should go. You don't dedicate them on a Sunday morning and then 30 years later wonder why, you know, things haven't worked out. There's a training now involved. And so the dedication is for the children, but the message of the kingdom is really for the parents. And so what Halloween does is it brings familiar spirits. It brings, that's what it's about. It's about calling up the dead. And so the dead's got to do with the fact that generational curses existed or familiar spirits or, or um, generational curses. They're calling for that to remain in your, in your lineage, in your family. And so when you send your children out to go and play an innocent game, they're partaking of this. Go and read its, its source, man. You know, parents need to really understand this. Because these spirits, they, they monitor your progress. They hate the fact that you will transition from one system to another, from one, one kingdom to another people. They hate the fact that you'll break out of bondage. They want to see you, you know, living the same generational curse as mom and dad, whether it be poverty or alcohol or, or whatever generational curse it was. And he wants you, not just for you to die in it, he wants to capture your children so they can also die in it. It's called a generational curse. So familiar spirits will rock up in certain stages like, let's take a day like today, and they would reinforce what you went through last year, the last 10 years, the last 20 years. They want to reinforce it every single year so that you experience the same year as last year and make it maybe even worse. But when you come into the kingdom of God, all that God is concerned about is not so much your past. It's about your future. It's that God is now, he says, forget the things that lay behind. We need to press. We need to break from some generational curses. We need to move away from things that have hindered us from becoming what God has called us to be. You're going to clap your hands even a little stronger this morning. With the enemy, it's all about control. He doesn't want you to lose, let them lose a grip over your family. All that is cursed. He, he hates that. And so, when you're training them up, you are training them up in truth. You want them to know the truth. And I think there's either one or two reasons for parents that would just allow their children to go and experience that and just be, you know, like all the other children. Are they really? You, you're either ignorant of its source. Or number two, you are ignorant of the truth of God's word. Let's get into some of the truth. And so, you want to teach your children how to walk in this thing called righteousness. The power of righteousness. If you're going to train up your child with anything, you need to let them know who they really are. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. So righteousness is not you, the things that you do that's good before the Lord and the other 10 bad things that you hide from God. No, that's not righteousness. Righteousness in the kingdom of God is the ability for any one of us to stand before God with no sense of inferiority. 
That means you are bold before God because the Bible says the only prayer that God hears from the right, that, that God answers is from the righteous. It's the fervent prayer of the righteous. The only prayer that God hears from a sinner is a prayer of repentance. And so people says, you know, they wake up, they say, but they say, you know, we're all sinners. No, 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 make up your mind. Are you a sinner or are you the righteousness of God? Make up your mind. Where do you fit in? Because if you're a sinner, then repent. If you're the righteousness of God, then pray like you are bold. So the importance of knowing who you are is what you need to inject in your child starting from today. For many parents that don't know even why you would tell your child, my child, we are the righteousness of God and we don't partake of demonic activity. What do you mean, dad? And when you get an understanding about it, you'll be able to train up the child in the way that they should go. There is nothing more beautiful to, for a child to know who they are, not based in the world system, based in the kingdom of God, trained up knowing who they are as the righteousness of God because it's the righteous that are as bold as a lion. And so righteousness is not the good things you do. No, it's who you are. And so righteous is what Christ made us. You see, concerning the curse and the blessing, concerning being a sinner and righteous, Adam, when you want to study the scriptures, go and study Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. They're the purest chapters in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3 is where it went wrong. When you see God raise up or make Adam on the evening of the sixth day, he wakes him up as the righteousness of God. He is in right standing with heaven. And, and there's no condemnation. There's no fear. He's not even ashamed. And so he is speaking to God in the cool of the day. He's fulfilling his assignment in the earth and he's not afraid. When sin enters in in Genesis chapter 3, Adam is hiding from God. Adam is afraid of God. Adam is ashamed because of his sin. That's what sin does to you. And so when Jesus comes, Jesus has to do something that God did for Adam in all of us. He's got to impute righteousness. That means your good works is not going to work before God. You're going to have to receive something called righteousness. That means I now then I'm in right standing with God that when I pray, I know my prayers are being answered. We are called righteous, not because of what we've done, but because of what the blood of Jesus has done for us. Are you with me? So, listen to the scripture. For he, God, made him, capital he, capital him, for he, for he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Where? In him. As long as you are in him, you are the righteousness of God. So you don't have to ask God, does God, you don't have to ask the question this morning, does God like me? Does God love me? You need to ask, how's God's relationship with Jesus? Because when God sees you, He doesn't look at you through your sin. He sees you through the blood. And if God's okay with Jesus, He's okay with you this morning. You were made righteous because of the blood. So that means you can pray and pray all kinds of crazy stuff before the Lord because God hears the prayer of the righteous. You with me this morning? 
So when you're teaching your children, teach them that what Jesus has done for them. Here's something else you can teach them. Is that righteousness is a gift. Romans 5, 17. It's a gift. I know it's new there. So, For if by one man's offense, Adam's offense, death reigned through the one. So all of death came because of one man's failure, Adam, the first Adam. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. That's important. The gift of righteousness. They will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So righteousness is not what you do. Righteousness is who you are when you understand the gift that was given to you. You don't work for it. Did you pay for your salvation? You, we couldn't. Jesus gave it as a gift. You are made righteous because of the blood. Let's get into some more about the righteousness. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of inferiority, condemnation, guilt, or shame. That's what Jesus did for you. You should be so free this morning, and you should be even happy. Maybe even clap your hands. It will help you. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God in the garden without any guilt of shame until sin entered the picture. They hid from God because they knew they had offended Him. This condemnation, guilt, and shame also affects us. It keeps us in sin and bondage, a slave to the kingdom of darkness. But that's not where you're supposed to live. You were supposed to transition into the kingdom of light and become what God has called you to be. So, I want you to see these people that understand righteousness and how they live differently. When you understand the power of righteousness, man, your confidence before God and even the healing you were, you were you're expecting or the breakthrough financially or even the favor is all locked up in this one word, in this one place of understanding. It's called righteousness. And it's so beautiful because what gives me the boldness to stand before you knowing what my past was like? Is because I was made righteous. Someone asked me, so how is it possible for anybody to be made righteous? You must ask the question, how is it possible for anybody to then, a child that never sinned, to be made called a sinner? Did these babies commit any kind of sin? No. But yet they're called sinners. Because just the fact that you were born, that's what makes you a sinner. And Satan wants you to live that way. So the reason, how do I go from being born a sinner, and that's not my nature, because when you look at a baby, nobody teaches the baby how to, to steal. But his hand goes into the cookie jar as soon as he can walk. It's the nature of the child. So if that nature was given from our birth, how do you fix that nature? You get born again. And that nature gets imputed in you. And now I can do what's right. Have a look at this righteous people. 1 Peter 3 verse 12. Look at these righteous people. They're not righteous because of what they've done. They're righteous because of what they've received from Jesus Christ. 
For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. Are you with me? But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. How about Job 36 verse 7? Listen to the scripture. Please, you must write this. It's really powerful for your confidence before God and receiving what God has got for you. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. What? That God's watching over you when you sleep. God's watching over you when you rise up. Come on. You are the righteousness of God. So it's not just you. It's all your children and everything in your home because you are the righteousness of God. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. So please hear me today. On a day like this, and we're not preaching about Halloween, I'm preaching about the righteousness of God. But this day that many people are fearful over, the only way you can defeat this enemy is through understanding. The devil operates in darkness, and he likes to keep people ignorant. So sing your songs, jump up and down, but let the people leave this place with no understanding. Because the only way you can defeat the enemy is by you getting, that's what the scripture says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, forgotten knowledge, rejected knowledge. Hosea says that. When you're walking in fear, you must know that you don't understand something about God. Because perfect love casts out all kinds of fear. When you're walking in condemnation, you don't understand who you are. For there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You need to know some things to deal with the enemy because when you're waking up tomorrow morning or tonight and, you, and the children are doing things and you see crazy stuff, you know you want to run and hide. No, the devil should be running and hiding from you. You are the righteousness of God. Come on, get happy this morning. And often when people walking in ignorance, they open up the door to all kinds of satanic and demonic harassment where you should be shutting the door and saying, not here, my child. Now sit down, let me explain to you what this means on this day, where it comes from, and who you really are, and why you don't partake of this. We have to deal with youth when they come through years stuck in, in different kinds of fights, because they don't know who they are. They once upon a time played classy, classy, and once upon a time played trick-or-treats, and now they deal with all kinds of demonic and satanic harassment. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. So, there's a scripture that says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. So, you need to teach your children how to soar in life. What does that mean? What does that mean? Go and become anything you want to be. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. When a four-year-old, Kathy, when, when four-year-old Kathy's red helium-filled balloon flew up into the sky. She cried out, Mommy, why do red balloons fly away? Her mom said, It's not the color of the balloon, honey, but what's on the inside that makes it fly. 
Likewise, it's not the person with the degrees on the outside. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you teach the children of who they are in Christ, uh, they will soar with the eagles. They'll become all that God has called them to be. It's not the color of your skin, honey. It doesn't matter where you were born. When you understand you are the righteousness of God, you watch your child soar and no devil and no demon in hell can stop this child from becoming what God has called them to be. A big shout and an amen. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him you are, are, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Let me get into something. Please write this down. We don't have everything God has for us. We only have that which we have received from the Lord. People are living outside of the will of God. Don't know who they are. Don't know what has made them righteous. Don't know that the, what the blood has done. Don't know about the name of Jesus. Don't know what it, the scripture says. And it's not, we haven't received everything that God has got for us. We've only received that which we've received from the Lord. We only have that which we received from the Lord. So scripture says, Romans 5.17 or John 1.12, For as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. 1 Corinthians 11.23, That which I receive from the Lord, that I give to you. I can only give to people what I've received. This is what makes me sore. This is what makes me get up in the morning. This is what gives me boldness before God. This is what gives me boldness to preach. This is, it's, not, it's not what I've done good. No, it's the fact that I am who God says I am. Come on, child of God. Your behavior does not determine your identity. This is where now religion will mess with you. Because they tell you first make right with God and then, you know, you first do something then God will be right okay with you. No. Your behavior does not determine your identity. Your identity determines your behavior. You see, if you don't want a dog barking late at night, Please don't buy a dog. Don't get one. Because it's the nature of a dog to bark. So why are we expecting sinners to respond differently? It's their nature. It was my nature to sin. And I enjoyed it. Until you get saved and God changes your nature. So now that my identity is changed, I don't enjoy sin anymore. I don't enjoy living outside of the will of God anymore. Why? Because my nature has changed. Many, are start, many start by trying to fix their behavior instead of fixing first their belief system. Righteousness has got to do with how you believe. You want to see God move in your life? Righteousness is where it is. Please write this out. Right believing leads to right living. People want to live right and then their lives will come right. You got it wrong, honey. You got it wrong. Right believing leads to right living. I, you first believe right. That's why you have an opportunity with that little one to get them to believe right. Don't lock them up in religion. Religion will make you pay your whole life for something that was paid for already. If your house is paid up, I suggest you stop paying. Stop paying your bond. If your house is paid in full, stop paying your bond. The sin, the price for your sin was paid 2,000 years ago already. I suggest you stop paying for your sin. 
Come on, somebody, let the devil go to hell, man. Come on. What you're believing is determining what you're receiving. That's why you train up a child in righteousness. Train them up to know that they are loved by God first. Teach them the love of the Father, not to love God first. We love Him because He first loved us. Put that inside of them. That God, come on, look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. That's the systems of the kingdom. Glory be to God. Now let me end with this and show you why you need to walk on with confidence and boldness as the righteousness of God on this day called Halloween. Pick up Micah chapter 6 verse 5, then we're going to end. I'm going to give you the final and then we're going to end. Oh my people, God speaking to you, tell your neighbor God speaking to you. Remember now what Balak is a king, is the king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Acacia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of God. That's powerful. He's now speaking to you. He says, I want you to go back and go and study the story between Balaam and Balak, Balak, and go and see how they answered one another and so that you can understand how God and all of heaven and the spiritual demonic realm sees the righteousness of God, sees the righteous people. I want you to see this. So let's go to the story. You need to understand that the authority of a believer comes from knowing who they are in Christ. The authority of a believer comes from knowing who they are in Christ. Listen to what God told Jesse Duplantis. He says, I have the power to take your life, but I do not have the authority to do it. I handed the authority over to you. Let that settle this morning. God has got the power to destroy you. But when you don't understand your authority and even what your words, this is part of the kingdom systems. You've switched kingdoms, you don't know its system. Part of the system is that you only speak life. Because life and death is in the power of what? Not the devil. Of your tongue. It's a system. It's called the law of confession. That when you speak, and even though it looks like you're sick, you can say, by his stripes I am healed. I am speaking what I want to see. And when any time you're dealing with the world system, you know, they tell you, no, no. You know, we live, we live from, from, from hand to mouth. When you come into the kingdom of God, you live from mouth to hand. Whatever you want to see in your hand must first be spoken out of your mouth. There's going to be a better shout in this church. I've given you the authority, and the devil doesn't want you to know that. That this morning, on a day like today, we can stand with the power and with the authority, knowing that who we are. Come on, you are the righteousness of God. You're going to stand to your feet this morning and begin to, begin to pray because we can, and we can shift things in the city because we are the righteousness of God. Just give me one more moment. Let's stop. Let's just be, give me a few more minutes. Let's end. You need to understand, uh, understanding righteousness lets you know that you are dealing with a progressive people, a people that are on the move, a people that's moving from one kingdom to another, a people 
that you need to know that is transitioning into the new system and they're operating with God. And so anytime you find people of destiny, you will find them coming under attack. You'll find all kinds of discredit, people coming against them and all kinds of stuff. When I say to the devil, I'm breaking out of poverty, I'm breaking out of addiction, I'm not going to stay there anymore. I know my family, I was born into poverty, but I'm not going to die in poverty. I'm making a move with God. And every time you begin to do that with God, the enemy will put you under all kinds of pressure. You are moving from one system to another. You're going from one kingdom to another people. You're moving from one nation to another nation. You are now the righteousness of God and you are moving to what God has got for you. There's a big shout and an amen. People of destiny will always come under attack. People, progressive people, please hear me. I don't know who's in a fight this morning. But hear me today. The devil is not fighting you for where you're at. He's fighting you for where you're going to. Jealousy and envy are the downsides of success. You'll have friends that were with you for many years. When you decide to move, the enemy uses them to become an enemy so that you can hold you back. Because jealousy and envy will become the downside of your success. So be okay to travel alone. Come on, somebody. At least for a season. So they're moving from one system to the next. They're moving from one kingdom to another kingdom. And they are moving out of bondage. The blood of the, the lambs on the doorpost set them free. They came through the Red Sea. They're out of bondage. In bondage, they had 10 uh, contractions, the 10 plagues. When they came through the Red Sea, God uses that moment, brings them through. The enemy still attacking them. He cuts the umbilical cord, and God's got his baby. It's called Israel. And the rest drowned because of what had happened. So they, as they journey, they're watching from a distance. Don't you ever believe the lie that the enemy is not watching you? They're watching. From, that's why I don't share some testimonies because some people are not actually for you. You need to just shut your mouth. Tell your neighbor, just shut your mouth. Don't let anybody know what God is doing. Amen. Because if you keep quiet, the enemy doesn't know what to attack. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know what to say. Just keep quiet and keep progressing. Somebody say an amen. While they're doing that, this king starts to see the hand of God's upon them. And he now goes, he needs a prophet. So Michael says, now study him so you know who you are. He says, study them so you can know who you are. He says, Numbers 22 verse 1. Let's, let's read some scripture. Then the children of Israel moved. Tell your neighbor it's a good time to move. And camped in the plains of Moab and the side of the Jordan across, across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw. Don't you ever believe the lie that people aren't checking your Facebook page? They're not my friends, but they're monitoring me all the time. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. They're watching how, they, how God's defeating your enemies, man. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. You're afraid of Halloween. Halloween's afraid of you. They were, 
Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because there were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the, of the children of Kingdom Life Embassy. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us. As an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He says, these people, if, they, if you put them in the room with these contracts, they're going to give, the, if there's 120 people, they're going to give it to Quentin. They, I'm gonna, okay, let me use your name. They, they're going to they're give it to you. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor at, at Pithor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him saying, look, a people has come from the king from Egypt. You came out of bondage. You weren't even a people. You should not have been recognized. You shouldn't have been a part of anything significant. But they're watching you. See, they cover the face of the earth and they're settling next to me. We're not just going to settle next to you. We're going to take yours also. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me. For they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed. And he whom you curse is cursed. He calls in a prophet. And this prophet, he pays him. He's called a prophet for hire. A prophet for profit. So the elders of the Moab and uh, of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand. They got paid for it. Don't you take the, the world of darkness and the demonic realm. Don't, don't play with this. I'm not telling you to be afraid of them. I'm telling you it's real. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their, la- in their hand. And they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. So the king is there. He goes to Balaam. He says, now give the money to the prophet. And he said to them, lodge here tonight and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So I'm a prophet. I'm under God's instruction. And these are the people that are progressing. Come and lift your hands and say, that's me. He says, as the Lord speaks to me, so the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, prophet, who are these men with you? I mean, I know the people that are with me, Kingdom Life Embassy, but who are these people that are with you? I mean, should you not be on God's side, prophet? So Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of bondage. They cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps it shall be to overpower them and drive them out. What is a a curse? Empowered to fail. Whatever you put your hands to, it must fail. A curse. So Jojo has his house burned down. And the following week, he moves in with his mom. And her house burns down. The week after that, he goes to Auntie Susie. And her house burns down. And the fourth week, it comes to you. And what are you going to say? No, no, Jojo. Because there's something on Jojo. That's the problem. It's called a curse. To be blessed means empowered to prosper, to progress. That's what it means. 
So anytime you come in the kingdom of God, God's going to do something for you and even your children in the morning like today and bless them. Because it empowers them that no matter, oh, I feel the anointing. No matter what they're dealing with, you're always going to progress. Come on, somebody. They bring in even God's man to curse this. He says, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the kingdom people. For they, come on, read with me. It's going to get stronger. For they are, for I am. If you're in the kingdom of God, blessing is not oh, like you, you know, you sneezed or you, everybody's looking and say, you got COVID and some say, oh, bless you. No, 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 no. When the blessing is on you, it's the original software that Adam had that got him to progress in the kingdom. When the blessing is on you, no man can stop you. Because it's an empowerment. You become fruitful. It overrides every curse. Come on. I need this church to get up this morning and begin to understand it's the power to progress in life. And when the blessing is on somebody, you will see it. You will see the power of the blessing. God says, you don't touch them. They're my people. He says, now go to Micah and let Micah explain to you how I feel about my people. They call the righteous. So this king goes and three times he tries to, the prophet, curse God's people. I'm about to end. Numbers 23 verse 18, please. After the third time, he comes back. The first time he says, I, it's the 31st of October. I, I bless you. He says, you can't do that. I paid you to curse these people so they can fail. He says, no. Okay, let me try one more time. Let me go from the other side. I see them progressing. I see them moving. I see they're still going to come next to me. They're going to take over my house. They're going to take over my business. And it, it, God's blessing is upon these people. He says they're still moving. Now go up on the other side of the mountain and go and curse them for me. Here's more money. He goes and says, I bless you. He says, what are you doing? You were supposed to curse these people. The third time he does it, listen to this. Then he took up his oracle and said, rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. Now he has to turn around and say, I tried to curse these people. He turns to the king. He says this. God, come on somebody, is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Come on, we are the children of the Lord. Come on, read with me this morning. Behold, you cannot, you must receive this from the Lord this morning. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Where are the righteous in this house? Give me some people that believe that God is not a man that he should lie. Give me some people that will believe that God has spoken a blessing this morning over this house and it cannot be reversed. Come on. I know the enemy is trying to fight you. It's just jealousy, honey. It's just envy. I am telling you, you are blessed of the Lord. Let the blessed of the Lord rise up and shout a good amen in this church. Give me the worship team. Come on.
Verse 21. Keep standing. I want you to be with me this morning. Listen to what he says. He says, let them, let my people who understand the righteousness of God, let them go and study the scripture. Listen to what he says. Oh my God. This is so beautiful. He, God, has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. He says, when you understand the righteousness of God, the people that are under this blanket called righteousness, even though they've sinned, he says, I can't see iniquity. These people were wicked and they've done stuff that's not of God. He says, I can't see wickedness in them. Because they call the righteousness of God. The Lord, come on, read with me. His God is with him. And the shout of the king. No, 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 no. Religion will say still to us a belief. But in the kingdom of God, the shout of the king is amongst them. Isaiah 54, 13. Here's your final scripture. And I really mean it. We're done. Moms, dads, cousins, aunties. Come on, read with me. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Come on, read with me. In righteousness, you shall be established. What gets people free from torment of hell and Halloween and curses? Righteousness. You shall be far from oppression. Are you listening to me, mom and dad? For you shall not fear. There's no fear with the righteous. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble and do trick or treat. But not because of me. Whoever assembles against you, whoever sets up a word curse against your family, whoever says, I'm going to speak a word curse over you, Whoever says they're going to, I'm going to stop them from progressing. Whoever says they're going to go back and go back into bondage. Whoever is trying to curse you, God says to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. They can't stop your progress from today. They can't stop you from increasing because indeed they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Come on, read with me. Behold, I've created the blacksmith who blows coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. But, come on, read with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue, every word curse which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And... Their righteousness 
is from me, says the Lord. Come on, shout in the church. Why should you be afraid of anybody and anything? You're the righteousness of God. Don't you send a curse my way, it will fall on you. Why would you be afraid of anybody trying to speak against you? You touch me, you've touched the apple of God's eye. Come on, shout, I'm the righteousness of God. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And those people, you can't stop them. Because in a kingdom that's unstoppable, uncursable, unshakable. You can't stop them. Now get mad at them, get jealous of them, or do whatever. Tell your neighbor, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I'm just playing the game. I'm playing the game. I'm in the kingdom and I'm playing the game. I'm obeying the rules. I'm working with the system. Don't get mad at me. I'm just working the system of God and his system is working for me it's working for my family it's working for my home and if you work righteousness the Bible says Acts chapter 10 everyone in any nation who works righteousness is accepted by him because God's got no favorites every head bowed and eye closed if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're still depending upon your own good works to get you into heaven. I am telling you now, it's a futile exercise. You will frustrate your whole life and even in eternity, you will not know. You've missed eternity because only the blood of Jesus has qualified you to stand before God and say, not because of my own righteousness, but because of yours. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life today, I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, I need to make right to the Lord. Anybody online in, in, and in the house. You know you need to make right to the Lord. Not because you're fearful, but because you have an understanding what the blood has done for you and what, how it's made you righteous. This is your moment and this is your time. If that's you this morning, please lift your hand and I'll pray with you. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to make right to the Lord this morning. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where you are, we're going to pray together as family. Anybody online, pray this after me. Let's pray together as a family. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me. Today, I receive. Today, I receive what you've done on the cross for me. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. From today I'm born again, washed in your blood, cleansed of all my sin because of you. And I am called the righteousness of God. Thank you Jesus for saving me. Now clap your hands if you believe you're saved this morning. Everybody online. We're going to have some leaders follow up with you and we'll work with everybody else around this. Amen. Give us a minute just to receive an offering. I want to thank all the sons and daughters. Please be seated just for a minute. Receive an offering. It's your opportunity. It's part of our worship. Receive an offering. The card machines are available.
to help you this morning. But the Lord bless you in your giving. Your giving. Whatever a man sows is going to reap. Whatever you give yourself to, it will give itself back to you. Remember, the kingdom has got its own system. You need to sow into it. Sow into it. You give of your time. You give of your talent. You give of your treasure. So God can work with that in His system to bless you and to take care of you. Thank you for all your giving. Thank you for your faithful, the faithful sons and daughters that make sure we can do what we can do, building the campus on the, on the projects and the like. The Lord bless you. We're finding increase. Let me say this to everybody online. This is good soil. Kingdom Life Embassy, I should have thought a better amen right there. This is good soil. God's been gracious. The hand of God's upon you and your giving. And watch what God will take with the little you put in His hand and you put into the system. You'll multiply it back to you and to your family. Father, bless your people in their giving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. tremendous favor we'll be fasting from Wednesday Thursday and Friday as we bring in the new month but it is a season of tremendous favor you are covered under the blood the righteous he surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield you are not like everybody else you will not die before your time premature deaths have been canceled from this church you are walking in the favor of the Lord doors will open to you that no man can shut because you are the righteousness of God. Now say yes and amen to what has been announced. Because the blessing is spoken. What God has blessed, no man can curse. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. It will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You're rising up and you're sitting down. You're going out and you're coming in. Whatever you put your hands to this week, it shall prosper in Jesus' mighty name. You are the righteousness of God. The shout of the king is amongst them. Give God the praise and the glory. Amen and amen.